So we're in this series, and we're uh, the the look at the Jesus gave gifts to men, and you, people are like, well, I don't know why. Why are we talking about apostles? Why are we talking about prophets? And why are we talking about evangelists? I'm not one of those. Yes, you are. And that's why I'm trying to convey this. And so as we break it down today, i got a lot of Scripture to read. and may not get to all of it. But I need you to understand that you need to help me pastor. And, you know, as I was praying about this, I've been a pastor before I was called to be a pastor. I was a pastor in high school and didn't know it. People come to me for advice. What do you think about this? I'm like, why are you asking me that? I, I, even before I was a pastor and I was probably 25 years old, I had a man come to me. And he's in his 70s, and he's dying of cancer, and he wanted to talk to me. And I'm like, Lord, what do I say? What do I say? And the Holy Spirit said, just shut up and let him talk. He's pouring out his heart to you. Why me? Because I was a pastor and didn't know it. So I was in training, and we're always in training, but you can help me pastor just by loving people, being kind to somebody, having a small group. You remember when the children of Israel came out of Egypt? There was a million of men, not counting women. Three million. I don't like big churches. (laughs) Well, I'm going to follow God even if there's three million of us. Even if there's 10 million of us. They follow God, but they broke them up in groups and had people over. So everybody was taken care of. When Jesus fed the 5,000, they say that there was just the men. There's probably 15 to 20,000 people. And he said, break them up in groups of 50s and 100s. So, so he could minister to them. So everybody got fed. If you just had a crowd of 5,000 people and you're trying to feed them, somebody's going to get missed. And so I need help. If I don't have help, we won't grow. We won't build the kingdom of God. I've seen pastors, and we're talking about pastors today. I'd be a pastor. I know my English is not right, but I'm trying to get it stick in you. I are one. And you are one too. You're a help. It doesn't, doesn't say nothing about uh, a praise team ca- being called, but they're in the ministry of helps. The ministry of helps covers a whole lot of things, and we're all in the ministry of helps. If you see a piece of paper, help me pick it up. If somebody throws up in the bathroom, tell somebody so we can clean it up. Well, I ain't going in there, and I ain't telling nobody. I'm leaving. Well, help us. Simple things that, that, that change people's hearts and lives. You think, well, and yeah, and I tell the staff and everybody that cleans around here, a clean bathroom means a lot. People ain't coming back if it's not clean. So, anyway, we can all be faithful, we can all be a servant, we can all be humble, and we can all be meek. I didn't say weak, I said meek. Moses led the children of Israel, and he was the meekest man on earth next to Jesus. You're not leading by, uh, you know, three million people and being weak. But let's dig in. And so I'm really going to dig in and show you some things. We're going to read a lot of Scripture starting off. So in, if you've got your Bible, Ephesians, the fourth chapter. If you don't, it's on the screen. But I want you to follow along with me because I'm going to point out some things that, the, that the, really the heart of this is, is, is not uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. It's what they do and what they're called to do. And, and every one of these people aren't special. They're just like you. And I know there's teaching that the shepherd ought to be the shepherd and the, uh, the pastor ought to pastor and the sheep ought to go after sheep. But I, I have to live by faith just like you. I have to trust Jesus just like you. And so let's break it down in, in Ephesians 4.1. And we're going to start reading. 
and I'm going to break it up a little bit. Are you ready? Say amen. If you're not, say oh me. All right, Ephesians 4.1. It says, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. This is talking about all of us. We have a calling. And look at verse 2. With all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing one another in love. Okay, I could preach this all day. Lowliness, have you ever seen a preacher that wasn't lowly? Have you ever seen a preacher that, that, that wasn't gentle and wasn't patient? Long-suffering is patience. Well, just believe it. You need to pray. That's not a pastor. Maybe a Bible teacher. Maybe something. But that's not a pastor because pastors are supposed to be kind. Jesus said, be ye kind to one another. I love one another. Then I have to be the example. Even when you're on my last nerve. You know, we have to, we all have to walk through this. And, you know, when your kid's on your last nerve, you got to learn, you know, it's like the, the prophet said last week, pray about it before you react. Because we can all just fly off at the handle, can't we? Don't sit there like, you know, straighten up your halo if you're perfect. But I don't see any. Lights are bright, but I still don't see any. And so we all have to walk with a purpose of gentleness, long-suffering, which is patience, bearing one another in love. Everything, everything works by love. And I want to remind, if you feel like you're called in here, you got to love. You love God. You love Jesus. You love your neighbor as you love yourself. Then you love the Word. I just got to preach. I just got to preach. Well, who are you loving? Because it's, it, the, your ministry should be built out of love. Everybody in here should be operating in love, even though you don't think, you know what, I don't know if I ought to help them or not because I think they put themselves in that ditch. Well, a shepherd gets the sheep out of the ditch. And you've seen the one where they get the sheep out of this ditch and it takes three bounds and goes right back in the ditch. That's the story of a, a pastor. So let me finish reading. Three, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. If peace is not ruling, there's a problem. And go back and look at that, that scripture right there real quick. It said unity. So as I read this, remember unity, 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 unity. Unity? I don't care if you're Baptist, I can get along with you. I don't care if you're Methodist, I can get along with you. Presbyterian, I don't care. Lutheran, Pentecostal, whatever, Church of God, Assembly of God, Catholic. I got Catholic friends. I, it doesn't matter. If you believe in Jesus, we can walk together in unity. Man, look at what the body of Christ is, especially in America. Well, they don't believe like us because we do it this way. So what? It's Jesus and Jesus alone that gets us to heaven. Not being an alcoholic sends you to hell. Not being a drug addict sends you to hell. Not being the divorce 15 times sends you to hell. It's not receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I know all those things are, 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 are fleshly and part of it, but listen to me. We'll, hopefully we'll get to the Scripture, but man, those are dead works. As you get saved, you, he, didn't, he didn't save you to leave you there. He saved you to change you. So that's my job as, as, a, as a pastor is to, to lead you to, to change, to be like Jesus. So remember unity, verse 4. There's one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. 
Notice it said one body, body of Christ, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's above all, through all, and in you all. So one, one, one. That's unity. One Lord, Jesus, Master. One faith, one baptism. I know I'm trying to, to emphasize that. Verse 7, but to each one of us, uh, to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Come on, you've been given grace to do something for the kingdom of God. But you don't think that, well, I'm not called to the pulpit. That's his thing. No, you have a thing. We all have a thing that God's called us to do. And it may be, it may be a mechanic. And you can help people fix their car. I was talking to a mechanic in the lobby. And I said, you know what? There, there was a person that in our church a few years back, they got taken to the, to the cleaners by a mechanic. And I said, well, you know what? Ask me. I may not know, but I know people. I know other sheep that can help you out or at least give you wisdom. Huh? That's part of my job. And I know I may get inundated with text who text me, but I'll text you somebody's number. Or I'll help you find somebody that will help you. They may not pay for it, but they'll help you find the best deal. That's just a little side note. And so, verse 8, therefore, when he says, when he ascended on high, and that he is capitalized, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. So, Jesus died. Let's talk about this right quick. There we go. When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. Jesus died on the cross. He died. He went down. Now, if you look at the cross, it's a bloody mess, but that was a sacrifice for me and you. He, that was a sacrifice for our, our sins, a sacrifice in his body for what goes on in our bodies. And then when he died, he didn't go to heaven. He went down. He not only was punished for our sins, he even went to hell for us. That was the fruit of the punishment. That was the reward of sin is hell. Why do you have to go to hell? He took the keys to the kingdom. Different sermon, different time, but hear me. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, he, he said, listen, I give you all these kingdoms. Look at all these kingdoms. I will give them to you if you'll bow down to me. Jesus didn't say, you're a liar. You don't have that. Satan did. He has the keys to the earth. He had the keys. He, and now he's walking in fake authority, the authority that we give him as the body of Christ. It's time for us to start praying and binding the devil. Jesus did. This time, let's, what's going on in Israel? And so we're about to pray for Israel. What's going on over there? The Bible says pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So let's pray for Israel right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, that you hear our prayer. And we pray for the peace of Israel. Lord God, the attacks that are going on over there, uh, we bind the enemy. We bind whatever the enemy's trying to do. But, Lord God, we thank you, too, that it may be setting up end times. Lord God, that, that you're doing a work behind the scenes. And we thank you, Father God, that you protect your people. Uh, you protect the people of Israel. You protect us, Lord God. Uh, and you show us things to come. Show us what's going on. Not that we're worried about this or that, but that we just trust you with our lives, even in the end times, because heaven's our home, not here. In Jesus' name, amen. So verse 9, it says, now, now this, he ascended. 
what does it mean that he also descended to the lower parts, but he ascended uh, up from the earth? Verse 10, he who descended himself is he who ascended far above the heavens so that he might fill all things. So, so let's, let's talk real quick. Jesus went down. He came up. There are three heavens. Not, not, let, me, let me explain. You see a white cloud go across the sky? That's the first heaven, the atmosphere. Second heaven's where the stars are at. You see all the stars, you know, you see a, a, the morning star, the evening star. It's actually Jupiter, Mars, or whatever. And, and then heaven where God's at. So it's talking about Jesus ascended further than the, the heavens on the earth and further than the stars. He went to where God was at. He ascended above the heavens. And so, so Jesus took the keys to the kingdom. And remember when he came out of the tomb and Martha was there and said, don't touch me? He was going to sanctify heaven because Satan had access because he had the keys. Jesus took the keys from him. And the Bible said that he made an open show of the devil. And all these people say, the devil's going to give me this. I'm going to serve the devil when I get to hell. I'm going to be in charge. You ain't, the devil ain't even in charge. Man, what a lie. Jesus grabbed him by the horn if he has one and drug him through hell and looked at all the people and all the angels and said, y'all following this? Made an open show of him, the King James says. Embarrassed him. But he's so mentally, I almost said the, I'll go ahead and say it. He's retarded. I can say the devil's retarded. It's not politically correct today to say that, but I'm not trying to offend it. The devil's a liar, and he is so crazy, he still thinks he can win. But he cannot. Jesus has already won. But it's up to us to operate in that win. Come on. Did your football team win? Is your football team going to win today? And you're going to say, I won. We won. You wasn't even at the game. You're here. You're in Whitfield. You're not in Minnesota or Dallas or whatever team you're rooting for. Jesus won the victory for us, and we can claim it. Even though we were not there, we have received that win, and we have received authority. All right. And so that's my, part of my job as a pastor is to teach these things. And so uh, he, he, he who descended himself ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. And he, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. We all got to do the work of the ministry for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith uh, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. We're supposed to be his body. We're supposed to be his representative. Are you representing him? Come on, we need to, see, I'm trying to change your focus. In these sermons, I've been trying to change your focus to what you need to do with what God has given you. Deer season starts, started yesterday. Anybody go deer hunting? Nobody? Y'all a bunch of chickens. What? And so, so, so how many of you even thought about deer season yesterday? Raise your hand. One, two, three, four, five. There's 10, 20. Maybe 30 of you thought about it. The rest of you didn't even get into your mind. How can something that's go on and you didn't even enter your mind or think about it, that's what my job is to have the kingdom of God to come into you and to make you start thinking about God first and foremost. That's what a pastor does. Okay? It's God, 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, you can go hunting, 
and you can go fishing, and you can go, you can go to, the, uh, to the Opry or whatever, but it's Jesus first. Amen? God first. So number one, what is a pastor? Only, you know, in Ephesians 4, we read there's a pastor. It doesn't say it anywhere else. It's not a, you know what it says? We're shepherds. Shepherds. Shepherds and overseers. The Bible says uh, that 18 times in the New Testament that we're shepherds. And so, just come on, just so change your, change your thinking a little bit. Cattle herder, shepherd, sheep herder. And so, First uh, Peter 5.1 says, The elders who are among you, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock that's among you. Serving, serving, come on, I need help people, serving people, serving as overseers, not by compulsion or willingly, uh, but willingly. Not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Not as lords over those who entrusted to you. I'm not, God doesn't need lords, he needs servants. A pastor is a servant. Being examples to the flock. How am I going to react when something happens? How am I supposed to stand? Things go south. We, we got to take a stand. You know, somebody said, well, you know, the church I went to, they lean to the left. And this other church I went to, they lean to the right, political. No, we're taking a stand on the Word of God. We're not leaning, we're standing. Okay, so we got to stand on the Word of God. And, and, and that's what we want to do. We want to be an example. So we're overseers that look after you. And every person needs an overseer. I, I, got, I got four pastors that I call pastor, that I let them speak into my life. And there's people in this church that I'll let speak into my life. Uh, we, we speak in, you know, the Bible says iron sharpen iron. Doesn't mean get you to be rude to somebody. You need to clean yourself up. No, no. We, 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 we share the word and we, what, how do we live? How do we react? What's going on? Are we living in the last days? What does it look like? What are we going to do? How do we respond? So you, everybody needs somebody to, to be, be, have an overseer. Every person needs an overseer who cares for their soul. Let's talk about the soul just for a second. The Bible says you have a spirit. You see my body. This is my body. My spirit is encased in this body. This is the house I live in. One day this body will expire. But my spirit will not expire. What is your soul then? I have a soulical man. This is what I think with, what I have memory with. I, you know, uh, times that, that I had a bicycle wreck or a uh, time that bull chased me through the fence or all that's in my memory. You know, two times two is four. I was drilled in that when I was in the second grade and third grade. I know my two times two. I didn't make it past that, but that's just, just a joke. See if anybody's listening. I can do three times three is nine. All right. But that's in your solical man. And, and so we start off with Psalms 103, praise the Lord, O my soul. Make yourself focus on God. Make your mind, I'm, go, I'm going to the Word. Just give me one scripture and go at it all week. Can you do one scripture all week? Then it gets, oh, man, I need to read this. What, what's before that and after that? It starts building and growing because you start hungering for the things of God. 
But you've got to make yourself. Do you make yourself get up and go to work? Because you like to eat. Huh? Your soul will team up with your body. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, after church, run up this hill right up here. Just run up there and tell me if you don't hear your body and your soul talking to you. Your body's going to start hurting, and your legs are going to start quivering, and your mind's going to say, stop, stop, we're dying. Has your kids ever said, I'm starving to death, mama? You just ate an hour ago. That's my youngest grandson. I, you know, I'm hungry. You just ate three hot dogs. Boy, you ain't, you know, you, they're bigger than you. I want some cereal, Pop. Fix me something oatmeal. I'm starving. I'm hungry. You're not going to starve to death. That's your flesh talking, and your soul command will get involved. But you've got to train your soul to get in agreement with your spirit. Because you are spirit. That's what gets born again is your spirit. You didn't get changed. You didn't get a halo when you got saved. Your body looked the same. And, and, but God starts changing your thinking and changing your thoughts. And it's a process to work out your salvation, to change. Uh, I've got to start agreeing with what the Word says. And it's my job to preach what the Word says. And you've got to agree with what the Word says. Man, oh, man. Number two, our pastor's important in our lives. I never was so blessed until I learned to sit down under a pastor that taught the Word. I, I, I learned about that, you know what, I need to believe God for healing. I need to pray over my children. I need to pray over my wife. I need to learn how to pray. You know how I learned how to pray? I listened to other people who knew how to pray. I got around people who knew how to pray, and I'm, I'm supposed to be like this, and I'm, I'm looking over there. Okay, wow. Listen to them pray. You know, and then you, and I'm not talking a religious prayer. You know, you ever heard a religious prayer? Lord, as thou knowest, I'm standing here with bent knee and bowed head. And I'm, dude, you ain't, knees ain't bent, your head ain't even bowed. But, you know, and then they start going to King James on you. And thou knowest, oh God. You know, come on. God, 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 he can understand King James, but that, he understands you. And he just wants you to talk to him. And then he wants you to listen. Because he wants to talk back sometimes. But we want to throw up something and hope it sticks and maybe God will do something. And how about something more than just help me, Lord? Lord, help us. I know you can say, Jesus, take the wheel when the car's sliding sideways. But when you're on your feet and you're just going through normal life, you need to be praying what the Word of God says. Taking a hold of some promises. Because God said, I promise to you, I need you to go after it. He promised that your children would be saved, your grandchildren would be saved, your great-grandchildren would be saved. He promised that. Stand on those promises. Learn how to pray the promises. And so uh, uh, I'll tell you in a little secret. My pastor taught me the Word and taught me how to believe God, and I made more money than he did. That's what he's supposed to do. I'm believing God for you to prosper. For you, for you to prosper. You know, I was talking to somebody. Listen to me. As a pastor, you need to prosper. You can't help other people when you're worried about yours. And I have been worried about mine. I mean, you know, I used to tell the story when, uh, 
I'm putting my wife through school. I'm trying to start a construction business, and we're starving. Uh, interest rates went to 18%. No, nobody wants to add on. Nobody wants to build anything. And we're living on macaroni and cheese and tuna fish. Ugh. I, can't, I ain't eating macaroni. appreciate that, but no. I'll bypass that and give me some potatoes or something. But you eat something, you know what? I'm delivered from it. I learned to trust God. I sit there and cried at the dining table and said, Lord, you've got to teach me your word. You've got to show me that it's real, and you've got to help me. He didn't make me a millionaire, but our, our church in Louisiana, we had millionaires in there. We had people that, that, that learned and they received, but they walked in the things of God. And it's not he wants you blessed where you're not concerned about anything but doing what God wants you to do. That's the place he wants to take you. Come on, where you're just, whoo, don't wake me up because I'm living good. God's got me. And where you're going to give somebody a $10 bill if you think they need it, or a $100 bill if you think they need it, or a $1,000 bill and you won't even sweat it. Hmm? And sometimes God will say, I want you to give $20,000 and you don't have it. Well, how do you do that? You give a dollar at a time. Or you give $100 at a time. Until it's completed. It's like, like the old story says, you know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You can't eat the whole elephant. You, you, sometimes God just wants you to walk things out. I knew a man that, that, that he was told to give a dollar a day, to mail a dollar to somebody every day because he was learning faithfulness and obedience. What? That's crazy. Well, some people are hard-headed like me. I know none of y'all are. Anyway, so Jesus said in John 10, 11 through 14, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the good pastor. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, but the hireling is he who's not the shepherd. But one who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and I am known of my own. We have, we have to learn to follow the shepherd. I'm just an under-shepherd. Matter of fact, I'm a sheep too. Back when I was a kid in, in rural Louisiana, we lived way back in the woods, and it, and it wasn't that long ago. Okay, my daughter did ask me when I was a little boy riding on wagons, and I said, oh, Lord, I'm not that old. I said, your grandmother did, your great-grandmother did. But I said, you know, it was pretty hard to shoot basketball on the back of that wagon. We had a goal attached to it. But, but they had what they call open range, where you could let your cows out. This is country folk. And they go, they go and eat in, in pastures owned by uh, the timber company and stuff like this. But they put a cowbell on a bell cow or a sheep. And you could hear this in the woods. And you knew the cows was coming. And, and the cows knew that if they could hear that sound, they were, they were in a good place. Because that cow knew where to go. That cow had been around. That cow had been tested. And, and you know what? The farmer would stop. And he goes, whoo. He'd start calling this cow. Sook, sook, sook. Whatever he called. Whatever call you want to do. He'd call his cow. And that bell cow would come. And all the other ones would follow her. This is all the pastor is. Come on, we're going this way. We're going to follow God. This is all a pastor is. 
I'm just another sheep. I'm another sheep that God's given me to, to, to help watch over your soul. I'm the bell cow that, come on, we, come on, it's safe over here. You know, one of the greatest compliments we got last week was as a visitor said, man, this place is safe. He goes, I just feel like home here. I feel like it's safe here. That, that's what I pray for. That's what I try to teach and instill our staff. As we, and, and then we have greeters. We want people to feel love, the love of God, and to have safety. This is a place of safety. And yeah, I've had to, as, 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 as a pastor, I've had to make hard decisions. When, when you're going to yell at my prayer team, you know, hey, come on, dude. You don't yell at the prayer team. You know, I have to do correction. I have to set people down sometimes. That's the hardest part of the job. I love people. I wouldn't be in this if I didn't love people. Because I'll be honest with you. My, my wife, five years, if she just take, she retired as a teacher at 25, five years later, she had $200,000 in cash. We walked away from that. I'd be running our company, the sales force at the company I was working at by now. I'd been sales manager making some jack. I didn't come here for money. I come here and follow God, and I've always followed God. I, I've left even back in the late 80s. I was offered a job of making six figures back then with some money. God hadn't called me to that. God didn't call me to that job. I didn't realize it just didn't. Man, see, there's a peace that you follow on the inside. It's not always about money. It's about following God. It's, what you, it's the peace about that you're supposed to go there even when they don't like you. Hey. And so you've got to learn to follow God, and as a pastor, that's what I teach, is that you can hear the voice of God and that we'll believe God with you and we'll pray with you and we'll stand with you. And so Jesus is the good shepherd. And so here's, here's what we got to fight spiritual battles. We need to protect one another in prayer, and we need to quit gossiping. Gossip is a strange thing. It'll make you feel powerful. Well, I know something about him that you don't. So. So, I know something about them that you don't know. So, why you carry that? It, it's because, you know, run from it. That's not, that doesn't bring unity. That doesn't bring unity. It doesn't make us one. And people may say, well, you know, uh, you go to church and oh, so-and-so is like that. Well, you know what? We all have something. And we all need to help. And we all have to change. And we all have to ha have to. Let Jesus work in us with our anger, with our strife, with, our, with whatever we're dealing with. God wants to heal our insecurities. God wants to help us all. And so when I always used to heard it like this, if I point my finger at you, I got three of them pointing back at me. I need to always remember that there's three fingers pointing back at myself. And God hadn't called us all to point out, you know, and I preach things and people say, well, you're preaching right at me, Pastor. I, you was the furthest thing from my mind trying to hear what God wants us to say. Number, number three, well, what do pastors do? Pastors lead, feed, and protect. What do pastors do? They lead, feed, and protect. So I'm going to remind you of Ephesians 4.12. It says, for the equipping of the saints, the work of the ministry, the building up the body of Christ, until we all attain, attain Attain the unity of the faith to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness uh, that belongs to the fullness of God. 
so that we all are built up. You know, we, we pray over our kids that they would grow in wisdom. You know the Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature? That was right after he was 12 years old and he was in the temple talking to uh, uh, and, and conversing back and forth with the scholars, the teachers. And he was the, uh, they were astounded at him, but it says he grew in wisdom and stature. You know what? We need to grow in wisdom and stature. Well, you say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm 50 years old. I'm not growing anymore. I'm not talking about on the outside. Kids need to grow on the outside. They need to grow up. I'm talking about growing on the inside. We have to grow on the inside. Let me, let me borrow Lincoln right quick. Last Sunday, I said he couldn't talk, but he can talk. Come on up here. Come on, just bring him on up here. I said he couldn't walk. And the doggone, he'd come walking down the, the, down the aisle at me like this, like, who do you think you are? So come on up. This is Lincoln right here. I wanted to introduce him. If I had hair, I hope it'd look like that. And so he's my buddy, and so I mess with him every Sunday. I say, you're going to be good today? And he just kind of grins like, nope. <laughs> but look how big he is, okay? And so this, this man right here is not two yet. Now, I'm going to offend anybody, but some of y'all aren't two yet on the inside. We have to grow up. It's my job as a pastor to feed you, to learn, to teach you to learn to trust God. And to stand on the Word of God. Because we sang it this morning, His ways are better. His ways are better. So look at his grandpa here as, as, as a grown man. But there are people that you deal with every day that are 12 years old on the inside. And they may be 60. But there are a lot of people that are 5 years old. And I'm not talking about how long you've been saved. I'm talking about you received the Word of God and grew up on the inside. Thank you. We got to grow up. I have to feed you. And you'll go, and sometimes, you know, just like him, you ever seen a baby go, I don't want that. Some of y'all spit back at me. But God's way is better. And so, you know, uh, you know, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, well, we don't need them. Well, tell Jesus, not me. I'm teaching the word. And so, so, so I know it's a little harsh, but listen to me. It's to equip you because we need a bigger vision than Withville. Come on. Do, uh, somebody went, went to, on a vacation, and they went to Withville. They live in rural retreat and went to Withville. <laughs> There's a whole big world out there to go on vacation. Now, if you don't have money, then you know what? Go to Withville. But start believing God. You know, back, back when I said I was, we were struggling financially, we believed God. To, all right, we're going to go out and eat, and we're going to believe God for the money. And we just believed God. And then, you know, I, I had three kids, and they, can we have some candy? No, baby. You're not getting any candy tonight. But people would listen to our conversation, buy my kids candy. That's, that's the blessing of God. You got to think about that. The world is bigger than what we are. And our vision has to be worldwide. We need to be praying, praying for Israel and Jerusalem. We need to be praying for, for Russia and the Ukraine, that the will of God would start working. And anything we find in the Bible that we're supposed to pray, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. But it also says that Jerusalem's going to have some havoc going on in the end days. And don't be afraid just because I say it's end times. You're a believer. Heaven's our home. The second song we think today, we should have been excited. 
You say, well, pastor, you know, I'm just not a very emotional person. Well, if your kid goes to the ball game and they hit a home run, you got to stay in your seat. But I guarantee you, if your kid hits a home run, you're going to be like me. going, ah, that's my baby out there. And I used to embarrass them doing that there out on the field. Look at that second baseman. That's my baby out there. I love him. She was like, just shut up. I didn't, you know, embarrass all of them. But, but, but wait a minute. God does that for us. You're my child. Man, you're my family. You're my family. And so, so let's break some stuff down here. I want to read in Hebrews 5.12. And it says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, and you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. Little man over there, Lincoln, is eating solid food. And he wants solid food. Milk is kind of passed by, but you know, he'll have some milk. Everybody likes milk on their cereal. You ever tried water on it? Kind of rough. But milk is good, but you know what? You need to have some steak. You need some chicken. You need some meat because you, you, meat helps you grow. And I'm going to show you what milk is in just a second, but, but we need more than milk because God hadn't, you know, called us to just stay in milk. He wants us to grow up. And so, so, so look, at, look at what it says. In need of milk, in verse 13, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he's a baby. Well, we just don't want to go any further than that, Pastor, because that's, that's, that's just unknown waters, and we just don't, don't know. Man, in, in, in that step, in that step, maybe your victory. In that step, maybe the victory for your children. In that step, maybe the, what, what you need in God. And so, so verse 2, uh, I'm sorry, wrong verse. We're in 14, verse 14. But solid food belongs to those who are full age, that is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, what senses? It's not talking about, I smell a skunk. It's not talking about that sense. It's not, Mike, it's hot in here. Not that sense. Or you know what, I just don't think... I don't think they like me. That, that's a different sense. It's talking about spiritual senses. It's talking about you be able to tell if, if, if what they're trying to pass in Congress is of God or not. What, what, what laws are going on, what's happening behind the scenes, uh, where you need to go. Is this a good decision, this road, or is this way a good decision? Do I need to homeschool my kids, or do I need to let them go to public school? Both of them, you know, that's a God decision. Because it don't say in the Bible to send my daughter to public school or to homeschool. It doesn't say in the Word of God that I'm supposed to marry Lisa. You'll find that in the Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah. It'd be Third Jezebel too. Not even, it's not even a chapter, I'm just saying. Brett is to marry Lisa on 19 and 19 and such. No. That's where you got to discern, okay, is this woman going to be good for me? Is she really? Lord, I need some help. I need some direction. Because guess what? You're going to have to speak these words to your children and to your grandchildren. Pop, I found me a girl. I think she's the one. Well, let's talk about it. 
Does she know Jesus? Come on, there's some things that we kind of need to line out. And there's some things that, you know what, and if you've married somebody that don't know Jesus, that's all right. Pray for them. They can come to know Jesus. Your heart can change. But, but see, see, that's what I'm supposed to do as a pastor is encourage you to live by the Word, stand on the Word, and make right choices to discern good and evil. Because we're, it, the, the Bible says in the last days, it's going to get evil. Now, so this is, this is Hebrews 5, and it's the last verse in Hebrews. But let's go to Hebrews 6 because it continues, okay? Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of God, let us go on to perfection or maturity. That means maturity. Now, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Remember? Being a drug addict is dead works. It'll kill you too. Alcoholism is a dead work. What are dead works that God's trying to pull out of you to have you to grow up? And look what it says, repentance. Come on. I, I grew up in a church, and all they knew was to get you to repent and get you to rededicate. Rededicate, 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 rededicate. And I wore my rededicator out. If it was a golf ball, it didn't have any dimples on it. It was smooth. You just, that's all they taught, rededicate. Nobody said that God wants to help you live a strong life, that God wants to help you live. He'll help you live a holy life. He'll help you stand strong. Well, have you always lived a holy life? No, because I'm dealing with this flesh, and you are too, but God will help you overcome your flesh. And the things that used to hinder me and bother me, I've overcome them. Hmm? And so God wants to empower you. See, not just, oh, Lord, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. All you walk around is forget. It's time to grow up. Here it is. A toddler. That's like that little man over there. He's walking. Don't touch that plug. Don't touch that plug. Don't touch that plug. Come on over here. I got to pick you up Move you over here. All right, here we go. And he falls down. I'm going to pick you up. Let me pick you up. Let me pick you up. Come on. If I've been picking you up for five years, it's time to grow up. And there's nothing wrong. I want to pick you up. I want to tell you, you know what? It's time to stay away from drugs. It's time to stay away from alcohol. It's time. You have given your life to God. It's time to live for him. It is time to change. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. You ever seen a kid, my, my oldest daughter, she knew not to touch the electrical plug, and she's looking up in the space. She figured if, I, if she couldn't see me, I couldn't see her. And she's reaching for that plug. How many times do we reach for stuff and we hope God, God sees everything? God knows your struggles, and he still loves you. He still loves you. Let's finish this right quick. For, uh, and, uh, for you have need milk and not solid food. We're talking about milk. In verse 2, of the doctrines of baptisms, the laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment, and this we will do if God permits. Come on. So, so. It's time, to, it's time to grow up, and, and I throw in some deep things from time to time, and it chokes you. But come on, let, let's, let's learn to grow. Look, think about it. Meditate on it. Just don't say, ah, that's not for me. It is for you. The, the, this whole Bible will help you live better and stronger for God. It will build the kingdom of God in Whitfield, in Rural Retreat, or wherever you live, or wherever you go. If you go to the moon, the Spirit of God is going to go with you. And it'll make it better for you. 
this is what we follow, and we have to follow it. And yeah, I know there's, you know, there's contradictories and all of this and that and the other, but come on, if it says it, you know, 10 times, it's trying, God's trying to say something. There's 100 times he's trying to say something. And, and so there are things that are just solid. There's things that, that aren't even worth. What about dinosaurs? Don't even worry about dinosaurs. What about aliens? Don't even worry about aliens. Worry about Jesus. Let's focus on Jesus. Because I got an answer for all that, but it don't matter. That's just my opinion. It's fun to talk about. I'll talk about Bigfoot with you. But that's just, you know, that's nonsense, and that's just fun. But it's not life. Life is how we're going to make it. How are we going to make it as a husband and wife? How are we going to raise our kids? How am I, I going to live day to day? And that's what a pastor is about to teach you. That's what church ought to be about. And seasoned people, when you go to pray over the prayer wall, you get somebody, they're there to help you, to get you up, whether you're a toddler. Because, but I want to tell you, God can grow you up instantaneously. I'm not saying you got to start from the bottom. I'm saying God will take everything that he's put in you over the years and make you usable and pliable if you will let him. And so we have to preach the, I have to preach the whole gospel. Now, we're going to finish with this. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, my pastor, I shall not want. He leads me beside the still waters. And we're going to get to verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. What I really want to show you right here is your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So a pastor has a rod and a staff. Jesus has a rod and a staff. And, and we're closing with this. What, what I want to tell you is, is it's a good thing to have a rod and a staff. Because uh, the rod is not used to beat the sheep. It's to take care of the wolf. It might be used to prod the sheep along, and sometimes you'll hear me say, I'm going to push you a little bit. I'm going to push you a little bit. I want to push you because I just feel like some of y'all need to be pushed in this direction. And so they'll push and prod the sheep, but they don't beat the sheep. It's not my job to beat you. It's not my job to be the Lord over you. It's my job to tell you and to encourage you and to pick you up. The staff is the same thing, but the staff has a hook. If the sheep falls off the cliff, he can reach down and go up underneath their shoulders. You imagine a sheep on the shoulder and pick them up and pull them back up on the solid ground. It's for your help and your protection, but also to beat the enemy off. And sometimes the enemy will attack you, but you have to, um, my job is to help train you to recognize when the enemy's and what, 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 what the enemy's trying to do in your life. And it's ultimately in John 10, 10, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. But he said, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. If it's trying to kill you, destroy you, stop you, prevent you, that's the enemy. Okay? Discern it. Look at what's going on in your life. Every time I go to this place, this happens. Maybe you need to quit going to that place, and maybe you need to recognize that the enemy, and you have to go there, then learn to bind the enemy. Last story, Psalms 91 is a whole chapter on God's protection. And this woman prayed Psalms 91 every morning, and she was going to the wrong side of town to buy something, 
rough part of town, and she sat in her car, and she prayed Psalms 91. She got out and got mugged. And she called this, this, this the prayer group and said, oh, I got it. she couldn't understand it for her crying. I got mugged. And they're like, how do I answer that? Because Psalms 91 is all about protection. And so finally somebody said, hey, are you sure that God wanted you even there? Did you have a witness not to get out of the car? She goes, yeah, but I still prayed Psalms 91 and got out. See, there, there's an inner knowing that God wants to lead you. Don't go there. Don't do that. Don't touch that. Bible says don't touch the unclean thing. There are things that we're not supposed to do. How about not supposed to go? You know, I'm scheduled to go to Roanoke tomorrow. Have you prayed about it? Mm, I just don't feel right. I'm going to go Wednesday. That, that, don't know why, but you might have missed something. I'm trying to help you. And so, so the Word of God with the Spirit of God and you discern what's right and what's wrong. God wants to help you. So, let's pray. Just bow your heads this morning. Maybe you're here and you've been hurt by a pastor. Well, I want to apologize. You know, the thing about uh, uh, shepherds and elders is the Bible teaches us not to argue with them. But there's so many everywhere that God put you in a place where you can submit to a pastor and feel safe and feel peace. So I want to pray the peace of God over some of y'all today. But before I do, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, today's the day of salvation. Will you accept him? Matter of fact, every day is a day that you can call upon the Lord and be saved. If you don't know Jesus, will you just lift your hand and say, pray with me, Pastor Brad. I, I need Jesus to be my shepherd. And I know I talked about it all week. We don't always talk about rededication, but we do ask you if you want to come closer to God, God wants you to closer to Him. Maybe you're here today and you want to draw closer to God. If, that you, if that's you, will you lift your hand? I see your hand. God's doing a work in you. In you, I see your hand. I see your hand. Come on, He's calling you to a closer walk with Him because He wants to do stuff in your life. Let's all pray this together. Say this with me. Say, Father, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Open my eyes to what you want me to do. Draw me closer. Empower me, Lord, to say things in the love of God that people's lives might be changed, that they might know you, that they might come out of the world and serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.